Play the movie. Yeah, play. Welcome to episode two of Milk Movies. I have a confession to make. I know we're only on episode two, so it's not like I've really been hiding anything from anybody or lying, but I haven't been on the mic in about two weeks for Milk Movies. Um, with everything that's been going on, obviously uh, all of the movie delays, uh, theaters being closed, quarantines, shutdowns, everything that's been going on, I kind of took the time to take a step back and regroup, kind of try and find a plan of attack. Um, believe it or not, this is not a great time to start up a new brand and a new podcast and new everything because that's not working at all. Um, but gonna try to land on my feet. Um, fortunately, I already had rewinds um, lined up, and I was excited to to work through those. So until we really get new content, I'm I'm just gonna be focusing on those. Uh, rewinds. Primarily, I'm going to focus on movies that released in 2019, seeing as how Milk Movies started in 2020. 2019 was an amazing year for movies. I I loved so many movies from that year that I, I honestly am really excited to still talk about those movies. So the plan is to talk about a movie that came out in 2019 and then pair a movie from 2019 with a streamable movie. It could not. It might, it might not be perfect. Um, there are several movies from 2019 that are available on streaming, so there's a chance that I'll pair a 2019 movie that you can stream with a an older movie that you can't stream, or however that may work out. I, I do want to make sure that um, you guys are able to see something that I'm reviewing right away. Uh, I think that's only fair. Um, so we're gonna work through that, I guess. Um, I'll let you guys know week to week what the plan is with that, but. And even so, I am still speaking a couple episodes ahead of myself, because um, it is only episode two. Today on the lineup, we have Onward. Uh, after that, we have Spencer Confidential, a Netflix original. And then uh, the third movie I'm going to review is The Way Back. Um, and then the next episode, episode three, is going to be Bloodshot and The Hunt. Um, I'm excited to, uh, to talk about those movies, too. So it's really past those episodes um, that I'm talking about kind of a... A weird schedule with with just doing those rewinds and I know these episodes are coming out a little bit late like I said it's just been a really a really weird time with everything going on I know I'm not the only one working through this obviously it's a crazy phenomenon so guess what we're gonna get through this together uh, I still got a lot of good content I am excited to talk about these movies um, with really nothing else to do other than watch movies and TV shows hopefully this can be somewhat of an entertaining outlet uh, for people to learn about new movies, hear my perspective on movies that they've already seen and hopefully really enjoyed. The only thing that's going to suck about doing these rewinds is I don't know how many bad movies I'm going to put myself through, like, just because. So, I, I, I do like to talk about movies that are bad just because sometimes it's just funnier, more entertaining. Uh, and sometimes you don't even expect that it's going to be a bad movie. But, um, like I said, 2019 had so many heaters that it's going to be hard for me to pair streaming movies that just suck. So we'll see how that goes. Either way, I, I am excited for uh, the content that I have on deck. I'll keep you guys in the loop as much as I can. There's really not going to be a ton of news 
uh, in these next couple episodes. Um, but some exciting news. Um, given everything that's going on, some studios and some directors have taken it upon themselves to take movies out of the theater, as, you know, I guess they kind of had to do that anyways, but they're taking them out of the theaters, they're putting them on demand. We have Harley Quinn, uh, Birds of Prey is available on demand, Doolittle is on demand, The Gentleman, Downhill, Vivarium, Bloodshot, like I said, I will be talking about in the next episode, I Still Believe, The Call of the Wild, The Way Back, and Onward. Onward, although it is available on demand, uh, come April 3rd, if you have Disney+, Plus, you will be able to watch it on Disney+. Plus. So, um, people are doing the best they can to accommodate the, the circumstances right now. Um, the Lovebirds was set to debut, I believe, early April. Um, they made the decision to send it straight to Netflix, so that'll be exciting. Um, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but that movie will at least be available um, in April. For everybody so we have that to look forward to i'm sure we're going to see way more um adaptions coming through to kind of accommodate all of this so i'll keep you guys in the loop best i can um otherwise like i said not a ton of movie news so let's just jump into these actual reviews we got onward first spencer confidential then the way back to close it out all right we have onward this movie was rated pg Directed by Dan Scanlon. Uh, it is an animated adventure comedy movie. Runtime is uh, an hour and 42 minutes. It stars Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, and Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And let me just say, I love Tom Holland, I love Chris Pratt, and I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Cast them all in the same Disney Pixar movie, and I am sold. You pair a lovable cast with a feel-good story, and I am even more on board. As a result, I had relatively high expectations going into this movie. And I will start by saying this. Onward was sweet, it was fun, it was enjoyable from the get-go. From start to finish, I, I very much liked this movie. Now, a lot of that had to do with its excellent pacing. Um, I think that this is a factor that can really make or break any movie. Um, I, I'm probably going to talk about it in almost every review. I, I think that pacing is one of the most important things in a movie. Um, and, and strong chemistry, too, I should say, from Ian Lightfoot, Tom Holland's character, and Barley Lightfoot, Chris Pratt's character for, or, pff, character, excuse me. Now, going back to my point about being sold on the cast, I fully expected uh, that I would enjoy the relationship between Holland's role and Pratt's role, given what we've seen uh, from them in their Marvel movies together. Now, I know that we don't necessarily see them interact on screen all the time, but we know who they are. As people, so all they really had to do in this movie was be themselves, and I was gonna be happy. Um, I was not expecting uh, to bawl my eyes out by the end of this movie, but you know, it, it, it happens. I'm not proud to say it, but I'm not ashamed to say it either. Now, for majority of this movie, it's 102 minutes long, so I'm referring to maybe like the first 70 minutes of this movie. Honestly, I was pretty unimpressed. Was I enjoying the movie? Of course I was. But was it doing anything new, or exciting, or super heartwarming? Not really. It was pretty formulaic up to that point. I mean, it was... I'm not going to get into it. I do want to be spoiler-free, I guess, for this movie, because, again, it made me cry. I don't want to give that away. Um, but it was, it was just 
it was a regular Disney Pixar movie. I wasn't blown away, but I was enjoying it. It was fine. Um, specifically, I thought the relationship that Ian and Barley had with their father was incredibly sweet, and that's what kept me rooting for them to succeed in their quest. But what really got me, the thing that made me cry, was, I don't want to call it a twist, but the twist at the end. Um, as an older brother myself, I can't help but think that I'll probably have a little bit of a different perspective on this movie than people who specifically don't have a younger brother will. But everyone should be able to understand and appreciate what Ian and Barley went through by the end of the movie. Um, sure, I still have my whole family in my life, but anyone with siblings can relate to how polarizing and even toxic uh, your relationships can be. And for brothers, the same holds true. It's, it's not any different. Growing up as the older brother, it is difficult to grasp just how impactful the things you say are and the things that you do are. So it's not easy to be the leader or, you know, the hero that you ought to be. It's not until you're older that you think back on everything and wish that you could just take all of the bad things back. Because you really, you didn't mean it. You just, you just want the best for everybody. And when you get to that point where you kind of realize all the mistakes that you made, all you can do is work to be the best version of yourself for them going forward because you can't change anything in the past. All you can do is work for the future, and it's not it's not very easy to balance that. Now, on the other side of that coin, I'm not a younger brother, but I would imagine for the younger brother, it's equally difficult always trying to please someone that wants the best for yourself as badly as you want it for yourself. Now, unfortunately, the tension that's driven from those, you know, opposing perspectives and not fully understanding what that other person is going for, that can be difficult to see past. In Onward, Ian's ability to see through all that near the end of the movie and realize how much of a father figure Barley was for him and fully appreciating him the way that he did was, well, that's what made me cry. That's what made me cry like a little baby. And like I said, I'm not proud to say that, neither am I ashamed. That's what happened. It's a very moving part of the movie. Now, the moment of closure that Barley had with her father was very touching. And the clarity that Ian had with his brother was so pure and, again, moving. And if the movie had ended differently, meaning that Barley and Ian had both gotten a brief moment of time with their father, I think it would have been a pretty average Pixar movie. Because again, 70 of the, what, 100 so minutes of the movie were formulaic. It didn't leave much time to do something different, and it, it did find that little uh, pocket of time. And it did something very, uh, I suppose, unexpected. It's not wowing, but it, I mean, it it, get, it got to me. Um, it, I shouldn't be surprised, either. Uh, it's Pixar. They've been doing this for a long time now. They know exactly what it takes to make a grown man cry. They know what they know how to make everybody cry. It's stupid, but they got they got to me again. Now, for those of you that have seen Onward, I really hope that you enjoyed it. Again, I, I don't even know that it matters what sort of um, relationship that you have with family members, as long as you kind of understand family dynamic, it's definitely going to hit home with you. If 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 you have not seen Onward. I kind of don't know how you didn't make it to the theater to see it in the super short period of time that you had. But like I said, it's coming to Disney+. Plus. If you don't have Disney+, Plus, I don't know how you don't have Disney+, Plus, but get Disney+, Plus. come April 3rd, you can see Onward. 
Um, I, I do highly recommend this movie. Uh, I don't believe I said it earlier. Uh, I gave it an 82 on the milk meter. It's quite high, but I did really enjoy this movie. Um, it, it does take a long time to set everything up, but it very much, I believe, is worth the wait and the quest that it takes you on. Okay, okay, okay. For a movie that I had zero interest in watching, Spencer Confidential ended up being a decently interesting movie to the Saturday morning that I chose to watch this movie. Spencer Confidential, like I said earlier, it's a Netflix movie. It's rated R. It was directed by Peter Berg. It is a crime, drama, and mystery movie. It runs an hour and 51 minutes long, and it stars Mark Wahlberg, Winston Duke, and Alan Arkin. I don't know why I gave this a 70% full. It probably deserves to be more in like the 55 to 60 range. But I gave it a 70. I'll start by saying that the title stinks. Why they felt the need to spell Spencer with an S instead of a C is beyond me. And the artwork for the movie is a little misleading for the type of movie it is. Uh, I don't know why I can't get over this part, but the yellow just makes me take the movie a lot less serious. Uh, that's, that's really my biggest complaint about the artwork. I don't, I don't know why I can't get past that part, but every time I look at the movie poster and I see the yellow, I think that's going to be a little bit funnier than it is. I don't think that it intended to be that way, but that's just, that's just what I think. So just deal with it. That's, I, for whatever reason, I see yellow, I think funny. Now, is this movie exhilarating and unique? No, not at all. Is Spencer Confidential a very cliche Mark Wahlberg action movie? And does it generally have the same exact dirty cop plot that any dirty cop movie would have? Yes, it does. It's it's a complete copy and paste of the formula for any dirty cop movie. But you know what? I like it. So deal with that, too. I, I like that kind of movie, and this movie is just exactly that. So whatever. Now, where I think this movie does deserve a little bit of credit is in how the story is told. The important elements of the story were sprinkled in effectively through the movie and were interesting enough that I was able to stay engaged for all 111 minutes of this movie. I was kind of surprised by that, but I was entertained the whole time. I don't know. I, I just kept expecting this movie to do something stupid or just aggressively boring or just i just this entire movie i wasn't paying attention to what was actually happening i was just like all right well when is the stupid thing going to happen and by the end of the movie it didn't happen it just kept not being stupid as good as it is for a movie to not do anything dumb the reason that that was okay for spencer confidential is because it just it played everything safe mark Wahlberg was very mark Wahlbergy with his action and i don't know i i I don't even think I have anything to say about this movie. Uh, the one thing, kind of, it's not even a spoiler, it's just a thing about the movie. They had machetes instead of guns. And they used their fists a lot instead of guns, too. So, I don't know. I, that part of it is cool, I guess. And, I don't know. I, I will often give uh, movies like this credit when it's just financial crime rather than somebody trying to save the world. Because I, most of the time... When someone is trying to save the world and they're just a cop, basically, or like a secret agent, I think that's a little bit much. I, financial crime, to me, I always think is cool just because it's 
I don't want to say it's safe because that's usually a bad thing. Uh, but you can't go wrong with financial crime. Uh, Money is important no matter who you are or whatever time period you live in. So that's the same thing that drove this movie. And it just, like I said, it didn't do anything dumb. Credit to you, Spencer Confidential. But beyond that, I, like I said, I don't have anything to say about this movie. I enjoyed it much more than I expected. Apparently, it tricked me into giving it a 70. But like I said, it probably deserves to be 15 points lower. So take that 70 with a grain of salt. I, I'm not going to, excuse me, I'm not going to change my grades on movies. So it gets a 70. It's going to keep a 70. Uh, but again, I like these kind of movies. So it gets that credit. But doesn't bring anything new to the table. I'm not going to go out of my way to tell anybody to see this movie. I kind of honestly forgot that I saw it, but I enjoyed it. I saw it on a Saturday morning. If you want to see Spencer Confidential while you have probably all the time in the world to just watch a movie on Netflix, if you like dirty cop movies, go ahead and throw Spencer Confidential on. Before I jump into this actual review for The Way Back, I do want to note, I want it on the record, I gave The Way Back a 74 in this uh, review, I gave it a 70 in the beginning, and then by the end, I let you know that I gave it a 74. I can confirm the Wayback got a 74% full on the milk meter. Let's get into it. All right, so the Wayback. This movie had a lot of potential. It had a lot. And I hate to start the review with such a Meh, saying it had potential is kind of a bummer of a comment. And this movie was very important to Ben Affleck. And I really enjoyed it. So I don't want to sound so negative, but this is it's going to be kind of a negative review. So bear with me through that. I will preface it with I did like the movie. I very much enjoyed it. I gave it a 70% on the milk meter. So apparently I liked it more than stupid Spencer Confidential. I did like that movie, so whatever. But The Way Back. It's rated R. It was directed by Gavin O'Connor. It is a drama and sports movie. It runs an hour and 48 minutes long. It stars Ben Affleck, Janina Gavinkar, and Michaela Watkins. Now, again, I enjoyed this movie, but I can't... It just... It had potential. I don't... I can't think of another word for it. This movie just... It kept... I couldn't get over the fact that it felt so much like a blend of Coach Carter... If you haven't seen Coach Carter, it's a great basketball movie with Samuel L. Jackson, and Jason Tatum is actually in it too. Uh, it, it's Coach Carter mixed with alcoholism. And I just thought this movie could have done a lot more to develop the story of everyone involved, but just one story. Like, it, it just it just kept trying to do, I thought, like, not too many things, but I'll, I'll get into it. Um, first off, from the player side of things, I thought it was a complete copy and paste of, if you haven't seen the movie, but Coach Carter's roster, the, the kids that he inherits for this team. There's not a lot of talent, despite the players' delusional talent and abilities. Uh, they have zero motivation. They have no guidance. They have no work ethic. It's a very nothing team. Father Mark, who served as, I guess, the team's moral compass for the entirety of the movie, to me almost felt like a narrator in a strange way too because he he was always reminding coach cunningham it's jack ben affleck's character he was always reminding him uh, how he should be acting and how he should be treating the players and how the players themselves should be acting on their own but at no point did anyone ever listen to him nobody reached the morality goals that he was preaching despite the movie kind of insisting that by the end Everyone was indeed in a better place. Uh, 
he was giving out this advice the entire movie, like, do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. And everyone's like, yeah, you're right, like, I know, I'm going to work on it and stuff. But one, nobody ever worked on it. And two, the movie made it seem like everyone was there by the end of the movie, but okay, nobody took the steps to get there. So, so that part was a little bit frustrating to me. I just didn't understand why Father Mark was always chiming in about these things, but, like, it was kind of pointless by the end. Uh, now, for Ben Affleck, or Jack, his character, I thought they portrayed his alcoholism in a very deep way, and it was very difficult to watch him put himself through the things that he did. I should note, I by no means am an expert on alcoholism, so... I don't want to speak too much on what was accurate or inaccurate from that perspective, but I, I did have one issue with that side of the story. From what I do, quote-unquote, know about alcoholism, it's something that controls you, and you do not control it. So when Jack seemingly made, I guess, like the conscious decision to stop drinking for a period of time, I didn't understand how he was able to do that. I understand that the basketball team and coaching and feeling a sense of purpose were supposed to be what drove him to be better, but I didn't think the movie necessarily got that point across very well, I guess. He made it clear that he had never coached before and had no interest in coaching this team, yet he didn't seem to have any issues getting through to the players with a message that can basically be boiled down to work harder. I just... He, they spent a lot of time with him around the kids, I guess, and he was just never, that passion didn't seem to be there in a relatable way. So I didn't understand how his message was getting through to the players because it was kind of hard to tell what the message was. And the players seemed very standoffish to, to the assistant coach, who he said that the players didn't want to listen and, you know, they're just kind of doing their own thing. But then Ben Affleck, or Jack, kind of comes in, and it, it was just a kind of weird dynamic. I, I didn't necessarily understand that, because they weren't talented. They weren't good. I mean, they, the kids were not good. But they figured it out. It was just weird. So the sports side of it, I will sum it down to. I don't want to give any anything else away. The sports side of this, I didn't necessarily care for. And then going back to the alcohol alcoholism side of things, I didn't necessarily see him finding basketball as an outlet for him to, I guess, appreciate life and separate, you know, alcohol from life. Because the alcohol, the alcoholism side of things, I mean, it was really hard to watch. He did a, I don't want to say he did a good job of, you know, being an alcoholic. I mean, that was a big part of Ben Affleck's actual life, and that's why this movie is so important to him. So that side of it was... That was hard to watch. They did a good job of making that feel very deep. Uh, but as as far as the rest of the story, I thought there were plenty of things that felt a little out of place or even, I guess, underemphasized. For example, the weight of losing a child is not a light one, and that's obviously what drove Jack's alcoholism. But I didn't understand why it was touched on so late and so little. I thought him relapsing as a result of, I think, his ex-wife's brother's son passing. And I think that's what happened and who it happened to because they never really said. I, I was very confused by that part. Now, I thought that was a powerful moment when he did relapse. 
I, it came at a part that I wasn't expecting and it was powerful, but I, I, I just kept getting confused. Like, is this a sports movie or is it focusing on his alcoholism? That dynamic was a little bit out of whack to me. And I know that's not very fair to say. I know that this was, I don't want to call it a passion project for Ben Affleck, but this movie was important to him. So I, I, I don't feel good about being harsh on this movie, but it just seemed a little scattered to me. I couldn't tell what they were trying to do with it. And I will say the movie was powerful. Like I said, it was dark and sad for sure. Did it portray the hardships of alcoholism in a meaningful and relevant way? It did. It absolutely did. I just thought that there were some holes in how the story was laid out. Again, trying to find the balance of what this story was trying to be. Back to what I said earlier. I know that alcoholism controls you. You don't control it. So when I was surprised by when I guess he relapsed, to a degree, that's right. Because you don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know what's going to set it off. It's 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 crazy like that. And there were plenty of things that happened in this movie that I was a little bit like, oh, that I wasn't necessarily expecting that to happen or the way it happened and stuff. So I don't know. I, it was just, I guess if I was making this movie, I would have made it differently. But again, I am not an expert on this matter. He went through it, so I, w I will give him the benefit of the doubt with that, that I would tend to think that Ben Affleck knows what he's doing when it comes to this field. So, overall, The Way Back is another movie. I think I've re recommended almost every movie that I've seen so far. Um, Spencer Confidential, whatever. But other than that, I, pretty much every movie I've seen, I mostly recommend. Um, it's very deep. It's very relevant. It's very moving. If you can relate to this at all, I'm certain you will... Uh, appreciate Ben Affleck's message and story through all this. Um, from what I've been able to tell, I'm not as high on this movie as most people are. Again, I gave it a 74% full on the milk meter. Um, but my thoughts are where they are. I, I don't want to lie just to mirror the views of others. Um, I do hope that more people choose to give this movie the chance it deserves and enjoy the, the dark story it tells as Ben Affleck finds his way back. Um, but You know, like I said earlier, this movie is available on demand. Um, if it ever goes back into the theaters, however you want to see this movie, I, I do think that it's going to be worth a watch for whoever takes the time to see it. But um, that's the way back. Those are the three movies that I reviewed. Um, I know I've mentioned a few times already. Next up, I'm going to be reviewing Bloodshot and The Hunt. Spoiler alert, one of those movies is awesome. The other movie is very uh well not awesome so get excited for that in the next episode uh after that episode like i said earlier that is when i should be getting into pretty much just rewinds so I, i'm excited i'm excited to take this ride uh these episodes should be coming out consistently now again for my listeners i know it's going to be a different timeline than it is for me but hey let's do this together let's make milk movies awesome. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you later.